Some California parents have found a means to use state money for homeschooling with little or no oversight. There are a handful of charter schools that give students' families as much as $3,000, money that was meant for entire schools, to spend on anything they want from a list of approved vendors. Some parents argue this allows for more specialized education, while critics say the money should only be used for traditional education. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Kristen Takeda, you cover education for the Union-Tribune, and over the weekend you had a story about homeschool charters. Why don't you explain what is a homeschool charter? Yeah, so it's a really interesting thing. Um, It's a charter school in that it is a technically a public school and it gets public school money like every other public school but they it's just a totally kind of really different system that they operate um so basically they give parents a certain amount of money every year like it's usually around twenty eight hundred dollars um they get this amount of money every year that they can spend on virtually anything they want from a list of vendors that the charter school offers to the parents. And the, the list of vendors is thousands of vendors long. So there's so many choices. So and, it's everything from buying books to approved field trips. It's like a, a big list of everything you can do to educate your child, right? Yeah. And then I think some will argue that the definition of what is educational is like really stretched on this vendor list. I mean, there are some vendors that offer like private ice skating lessons or horseback riding lessons and then field trips to places like medieval times or in an extreme case for a one school um, like theme park tickets like uh, Disneyland. And so it's just really it's a whole it could be a whole range of things in addition to traditional uh, educational things like books or curriculum. And those trips to Disneyland, those kind of things, those are obviously the extremes. So, but when you explain how is homeschool education supposed to properly work? Because rather than getting the standard education in a public school, it's kind of up to the parents to establish that. So, when you explain those differences, yeah. So, I think the idea behind homeschool is giving parents the ultimate freedom in deciding what education they want for their kids. And for some parents, that could even mean not having a set curriculum at all um, and just using like completely like life experiences to uh, shape their education or hands-on experiences they might call it so I, I thought this was really interesting here because it's just a completely different even within the homeschool community because traditional homeschooling is where parents are pretty much free entirely from any government funds or influences or requirements on their education. And that's the point for a lot of homeschool families is to be free, completely independent of Mm -hmm. that. And so, but this is different in that these homeschool families are taking public monies and they're, um, they're in a public school, even though they're homeschool. So it's just, it's a different, uh, philosophy, philosophy there. In your story, you referenced some blogs that basically walk parents through about how to get this money. What was your reaction when you first uh, discovered this in your reporting? I was pretty intrigued. I had never before heard of a school that gives parents money to spend on almost anything they wanted from a list. And so 
And it's just, I, I haven't seen, like, uh, there's so much discussion right now about charter schools, and it's such a polarizing debate, and it's very hot in the legislature right now, and I see lots of um, outlets covering it as well, but I see very little to know. I, I, I haven't seen a story yet about these kinds of charter schools in particular where they give money to parents to spend uh well the schools will spend the money themselves but the parents get to decide how it's spent and so i mean we we talk about school choice is very uh controversial Mm -hmm. like vouchers or um education savings accounts but this is like a completely different ballpark almost it's like a, a, a more extreme version of that in that you aren't you don't even have to you're getting money to spend not just on a school tuition like vouchers but on almost anything you want in the definition of what is educational is very uh, varied. So is the, what is there when it comes to regulation for this at all? It's unclear. I tried going through parts of state law that talk about independent study, for instance, which is, I guess, what these kinds of charters would be filed under. And it's difficult because there's just no, I, I couldn't, or at least I couldn't find, I didn't do a comprehensive uh, analysis of state law, but I just didn't see anything about that acknowledged this kind of a model of mm-hmm. charter school or vendor-based model of education. And so uh, it's really unclear, um, to be honest. I don't know if anybody, how I don't know how much other uh, experts have studied this kind of, tra- and in general, homeschool is not studied very often because it's very hard to do that it's very hard to it's very isolated yeah yeah it's it's kind of its own sector and it's because there's little data about them it's very hard to even track how how well homeschool uh, students do compared to traditional public school students so so do you have a sense of how long this has been in place well the schools that i looked at that i know do this they have been pretty relatively new. Um, for example, Inspire was one of the schools I talked about that has this vendor model, and they were approved by the Dehisa School District in 2016, I believe, or 2015-2016, and so they're pretty um, new, relatively, And um, and but I think Another there was another charter school in Julian School District called Julian Charter School that also has a similar vendor model and they've been around lo- a little longer than that I believe at most the past decade right yeah I mean charter schools in general are still pretty relatively new they've only been around for like the past two decades roughly like less than two decades and so um, it's still a it's still a rel- relatively new uh, sector in public education I think and then I think. One thing I'd like to add is that I think uh, when I talk to parents who homeschool and then also some homeschool experts, they seem to say that they felt like this is a this vendor based model only really exists in Southern California. They haven't seen it elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely something that they believed existed in California specifically, but as particular in particular Southern California. And also, when it comes to parenting in general. In California, there seems to be a very strong political push for freedom, be it choosing not to vaccinate your child or choosing what school they can go to. Do you think this has reached kind of a fever pitch in which we're going to see more laws and more regulation on these kind of things? 
Um, I'm not sure. I just know that there are there has been increased attention to, for example, regulating charter schools. Um, now that we have a new governor who's um, indicated more interest in uh, kind of restricting them, and then um, we we see some bills moving to the legislature that would have an impact on. Um, restricting how charter schools are uh, authorized, for example. And so I um, I can't say for sure, but I, I do think there is increased attention about um, at least focusing on charter schools in particular. Mm-hmm. And it seems like for once there is more scrutiny when there really wasn't in the past. Um, I think there are always people who were um, voicing uh, dissent about charter schools and there's I mean there's mm-hmm. such a polarizing debate so it's that's been going on for a long time and so what was the response that you got from readers um, I've gotten a number of emails from uh, homeschool parents who use these charters and so um, I think some of them were upset because they felt like the story was biased against these kinds of charters and they wanted to like for example they um, some of them mentioned they only have seen valiant charter school offering theme park tickets um but i uh, and then they also said well you know this helped my student a lot um and we didn't have good experiences with traditional public schools i mean i did include a story like i did include stories like that in my story like there was this one family uh, one parent i mentioned who this really helped her child who has um who has a learning disability and ADHD and he just really wasn't succeeding at all in a traditional school he can have a much more flexible education and learn it in his own environment and the funds that his mom used the funds to purchase equine therapy for him so that helps him calm down his behavior a lot and things like that and so I think I just I guess I just maybe wish the readers would read the whole story and then see that um, like there definitely are arguments to be made for these kinds of charters but there are also I think especially maybe from looking from a more traditional public school point of view there are criticisms of it. Certainly and public schools aren't perfect as well it's it's a certainly a complicated business. Yeah I'd say so. I would just uh, I would just want to add I think some some families might argue that or some homeschool advocates might argue that, you know, it's vital for um, parents to have this kind of freedom to spend on things like field trips for their for these for these homeschool kids. But I think it's just interesting to me to see because districts like I know so many district schools and I've covered like traditional school districts for a long time that they just are barely scraping by with basic costs they say they need like special education teachers or it just seems like a lot of these things I see on these lists are such luxuries that I would never see in a regular public school even regular public charter schools and because this is a yeah this is a very special kind of um, virtual based vendor based charter school and so I just thought that was interesting that I, I would never see these kinds of things in regular. I would almost never see these kinds of things in regular public schools. Certainly. All right, Kristen Takeda, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, the tree that might have inspired Dr. Seuss's Lorax has fallen down. The tree stood in the Ellen Browning Scripps Park. Exactly why the Monterey Cypress fell down is unknown, but the wet winter might have been a cause. The Lorax was published in 1971, and the fallen cypress was between 80 and 100 years old. 
Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. You can also listen to Hot Lava, our Padres podcast. Union Tribune sports editor Jay Posner and baseball beat writer Kevin Acey talk about the team's ups and downs, comings, and goings. Look for it on your podcast app or go to uniontrib.com slash hotlava. Until next time.